Hello and welcome to My Life on the Line, a podcast by Ref Coach. I'm Benji and I'm joined by Jack and Ale. Slower, Ale, slower. Oh, that's going to be on the blue because it's a Literally, go. Ooh, ooh, I've got a thousand memories. At 21, I would have been like you, I would have been eating a junk and that was fine. Now, if I eat junk and go for a run, I'll die. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on My Life on the Line. Hi, Benji. Hi, Jack. How are you today? Hi, mates. Very good. Thanks for uh, getting us together for a second episode. Enjoyed the first one. Very well, guys. Good to be with you all again tonight. Been, um, it's been a really good time for the group as well. First thing I wanted to say thank you to everyone that has been joining our group. We made it this week to a thousand members, which was a great milestone as we reached it in only a month. I never thought we would have gotten there that quickly. Hey, Ale, if people haven't joined the group, how do they join it? Go on Facebook and look for RefCoach. Look for the one that has a thousand members in it. Yeah, that's a great advice. I don't know if you know this, but we have a thousand members. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a thousand members. <laughs> Ali, one of your posts from the Ref Coach page had like a thousand likes of bots. What was that about? Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did an advertisement on that. It was literally just a link to the group. It was literally just a link to the group. And it's just, but, it's just like 1K likes. What is this? <laughs> I know. We're famous, we're famous, we're famous. The best thing, though, is that engagement in the group, it's actually been through the roof. Despite having only about 1,050 members, all of our posts have been averaging between 30 to sometimes 70 comments per video, which is a great result, in my opinion, for coaching and for discussion. It's great. Members have been engaging each other, talking to each other. It's something that some groups that have 15,000 people don't get. So oh. I have to say, I'm really grateful for it. It's great to see people actually learning from it. And yeah, absolutely. You know, how answers have changed from just being, that's a red card to actually talking it through, explaining it, using considerations, using the rules of the game and getting to a proper answer rather than just an off-the-cuff answer. Definitely. And using really positive and supportive language is really important as well. It's a culture of everyone trying to learn and people in the group are being really good with writing comments that support each other and helps everyone to learn, which is fantastic to see. Today's episode is going to be the first one where we get into some more insights into the refereeing life, whereas the first one was more of an introduction for people to know who we actually are, not just some random Mr. No ones. But I would like to talk to you guys about pre-mesh routines. This, in my opinion, it's a very important topic because in order for a referee to perform at its best, having a performance mindset, it's very important. What's a performance mindset, Ale? Performance mindset, it's something that everyone can have, but you have to train your brain to get there. A high performance mindset, it's when a person gets into the best mindset to perform in a particular situation. It's not about always winning, but it's being the most authentic you in that moment to be the optimal self for the specific circumstance. For example, we take refereeing. When you're refereeing a game, you cannot control players' behavior, but you can control what you do, your decisions, what you do before, after the game. And being in a performance mindset means that having under control all the elements you can control and being confident in your means and knowing that you are doing your best means you can control all these elements to perform at your at your highest. To kick off this topic, do you have any routine before the match? 
how does your week before a game look like? For me, the preparation for a match starts be a Tuesday afternoon when the game comes through on our appointment software. You're waiting, you're waiting, and then the game comes through and you are quite excited because every week, you know, you don't know where you're going to be and you see your team and what game you're going to be doing. And I think for me, the first thing that I do is I just try and visualize the game already in my head for that weekend. So if I've been to that ground before, I'm imagining myself in that situation. I'm imagining the teams, if I know the teams, I'm imagining the league, even with the assistants, and trying to get a really good visual image of what that weekend's going to look like. And if I can't do that because I maybe haven't refereed the teams before because I've never been to that ground before, that's the starting point for my preparation. I like to look at videos and photos of just that ground or those teams and what they're wearing to just try and really get myself into a, a mental image of trying to prepare for that weekend and that game before it even happens. That's a really good insight, Benji. Visualization, it's really good to put yourself in a state of mind where you can perform at your best. Imagining yourself in a certain situation, dealing with a certain issue, for example, a troublesome player or a coach that is yelling at you or a dog's or instinct. Imagining yourself doing a certain thing over and over creates a habit that then eventually your brain will translate into your actions on the pitch. Absolutely. Like I would envisage myself maybe giving a penalty or playing a great advantage in that environment and trying to visualize that all beforehand. Do you really do all that stuff in the days leading up to a game? Absolutely. If that's the starting point before going to a game, I'll have that imagined. So something like in Victoria, we've got a website, Football Chaos. And if I'm refereeing a game, for example, in, in State League 4 at a certain ground with a certain team, I'll absolutely watch a video of that team playing at that ground because that's probably the closest thing I have to expect. There's so many other uncontrollables, but if I at least know what the ground will look like, what the colors of the teams will look like, it's just a few otherwise uncontrollables to try and predict. And I find that really helps to have a, a good mental image of what I'm preparing myself for. Even thinking about things like if I know what the change rooms look like and just trying to play through mentally what it will look like beforehand. Interesting. I thought I was over the top, but that's that's next level even on me. <laughs> where it probably falls apart is that's probably where the preparation stops. <laughs> uh, but no, that's just I guess something I've always always done. You sort of see the game and just imagine imagining it beforehand. Evidently, evidently, I'm the only one. <laughs> no, so, it's interesting. What does a week? What does a preparation in in Jack's life look like? Like Benji said it's for, it's as soon as you get the appointment whenever that may be the first thing i look at is who i'm refereeing with who's my team first thing is obviously you look at the game but then i look like look at who am i working with and then might not think about it for a day or two really depends when the game is um and then the first kind of thing to start preparing for the game is is message the team so usually a group chat on facebook or whatsapp or whatever just basic things what time we're getting to the ground etc etc maybe talk about the game a little bit and then yeah my preparation will start somewhere between that message and, and the game in terms of researching the teams researching the players thinking about what happened last time I refereed these teams obviously in NPL Victoria we referee the same team maybe four or five times a season so you build up a relationship each season with the team or sometimes that relationship can go over a few years so think about what happened in those previous games? Is there any issues going to come from those previous games? And most importantly, it's 
kind of what can I use to build relationships with people on the pitch, especially in my earlier days. I mean, now I've been on the panel for a long time. It, it's just a natural relationship. Whereas at the start, I really focused on what can I talk to this player about to build that relationship? And because I'd thought about it before the game, it's, it sounds like it might be a little bit premeditated, but the safety of knowing that I could talk to X player who might be really influential on the pitch about something and get them on side, which would make my job much easier, was really, really important to me. It's got less and less as, as you naturally get to know them as humans, but that, that was crucial. So for me, it was about looking into the players and the personalities and also the coaches, you know, what do I know about the coaches, the league tables, all those normal things, but probably looking into players and the real pupil side of it was what maybe set what I do apart from your everybody else. Maybe, Jack, some people think, yeah, it might be premeditated and you shouldn't go into the game with these preconceived assumptions. But I think, would you agree that during a game, there's just not enough time to, there's so much happening. You don't really have the time during the game to quickly build those relationships with players and try and understand what's going on. So you need to use as much time as you've got during the week to try and control those otherwise uncontrollables. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't think it's something that's premeditated because you're not looking into the player going, oh, this guy's a hack or anything. For me, it's about what do I have in common with them? You know, obviously growing up in the UK, I ref in the UK. Um, there's a lot of English players in the league. So a lot of it is about, do we have something in common from back home and instantly you get a relationship with them? It wasn't even to do with what was going to happen on the pitch. It's, it's purely the people side of things, which for me, I think is a really underrated skill or thought process in, in refereeing because at the end of the day, we're all just humans. We'd love to hear about your pre-match routines. Let us know by commenting on this post on Facebook. Ale, I've actually got a question for you that I've never asked you before. Oh dear. Obviously, you're an assessor or observer now after having refereed for many years. Do you or do assessors prepare for games? Absolutely. Reaching out to your team is very underrated, super important. And I notice that when a referee reaches out to me, I feel a lot better about the game. I feel part of the team. And when I'm there, I feel like I already have a connection with the referee and the assistant referees. But aside from that, there are things that obviously I plan during the week. I look at the time of the game or where the game is going to be, how long it's going to take to get there. I think about where the stand is going to be. Where am I going to be able to sit? What if it rains? What is the best point to stay, to view and have the best view? And then I look at obviously the team, who is the referee, the assistants and the fourth official. And I potentially go and look at previous games they had. I look at some highlights. I look for key match incidents. And I try to understand if there's anything that they've been working on or could have been working on from the previous games. So on game day, I don't just get to the game totally unprepared, not knowing what a referee is going to do. So on game day, I can give the best possible advice and help the refereeing team to improve as much as I can. Also, if I have done a report in the past about these referees, I could go and see what I said in that last report. And potentially I can use that as a segue to start a conversation. In the change room, I would say, last time we met, this is what we discussed. Did that help you? Is there anything that I can help you with in this game? Is there anything you've been working on? Obviously, it's less preparation than a referee. I'd still check the teams, the position on the table, if they had any trouble in the past to understand what the temperature of the game may be. But there's games that may just let you down. Interesting. Because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of refs at every level just thinks an assessor or an observer just turns out, does the job, goes home, writes a report, 
job done. But there really is actually much more to it, just like there is with refereeing. There's definitely people that would see the observer role that way and they would rock up at the game, do the report and go home like if it was just homework. But the motivation behind what you do is different. For me, my mission as an observer is to help and coach as many referees as possible and help them live their dreams. I have had such an amazing time refereeing at all different levels. And if I can get someone to live the same dreams that I have lived, that's my job done and I can go home and be happy. If I just rocked up at a game totally unprepared, just willing to smash someone for the sake of it, I would hate it. Um, yeah. I have a question. I've got a couple of quick fire ones for you, Jack. They're all spicy. Let's, let's give this a go. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the game on the afternoon and you see your team. Do you ever think, yes, like this is great. I've got a team that I'm really comfortable with. Or do you think, oh, maybe this is going to be a bit trickier this week for some of my assistants? And how does that impact your preparation? Good question, Ben. I, I think it's, again, just comes back to people, right? Naturally, you get on with some people better than others, and that's inevitable. I'm, I'm lucky that there isn't really many people I don't get on with. Very, very rarely would it be a case of I go, oh, no, I'm working with this person today. But usually, no, it's, look, if you're refereeing with your best mate, of course, you love that. That's awesome. But that's not going to happen every week. That's the reality. Let's say you get the game and you see that your assistants are really good friends of yours and you've done lots of games together. Do you maybe contact them a bit earlier than you otherwise would? Is it an instant, hey, great to work with you this week and the chat gets going? Or is it pretty consistent each week what time you message your assistants? No, it does vary. Obviously, I might see the guys I'm working with at training that night or in the night after. So the conversation might start there offline. So yeah, it varies week to week. There isn't a set time like that. I mean, the only time I really get serious is, you know, when I'm at the ground and starting to get ready. And then even during the warm up, I'm having fun, even though I'm quite prescriptive with my times before the game. But until we come in from the warm up, I'm still pretty relaxed. It's like that's when I switch on. Nice. So we talked about the week leading to the game but what about game day i know jack for you and we had this discussion lots of time before a night game is very different from a day game yeah Friday night game after work i know you are very so so about it yeah yeah i'm very up and down i think my performances reflect that to be honest they're they're difficult because when you've been at work for eight nine hours and then you have to leave early or whatever it is you have to have dinner at work you're pretty much meal at work it's not an easy concept to go through obviously being in the semi-pro game none of us are lucky enough to be full-time so yeah i do struggle it's just about shifting that mindset and it's probably something that i need to get better at it's been able to switch from one thing to the other it's pretty easy when you have a saturday three o'clock because your day's set you wake up you do your own thing you have your pretty much meal at home it's all very easy but those midweek matches, whether it's a league match on a Friday or a midweek cup match, I find them really difficult. You know, some people maybe find them easier. It's just something I think you adjust to. Totally. I remember from when I used to ref, I used to love Friday night games. To me, Friday night games were the best. I got a pump out of staying the whole day at work, not doing any work really, just thinking about that night and always using that as an excuse to get out of the office early, saying, oh yeah, there's traffic, just want to get there in time. And no one would ever say a word, be like, oh yes, I'll let we know, that's what you do, that's cool. I think there's something probably like the players, I'm sure you guys have had it, where you've got a game that night or a game in the afternoon and you've said to yourself, I've got to do some work or some study in the morning. And there's just that real excitement every week before the game I think just as the players feel would you agree guys like every week it's very exciting before refereeing a game we love it 
Yeah, of course. The excitement's great. You do look forward to it. It's awesome. Yeah, there's no question about that. The excite- If you don't get excited, like you're not going to get as, as excited for every game. But if you're generally not looking forward to refereeing, then maybe you're, you're not refereeing for the right reasons. True, yeah. We touched base on one of my favorite topics about pre-match preparation, which is food. As you can tell now that I stopped refereeing, you can tell food is definitely something I love. What would a pre-match meal look like for you guys? For me, it's always the same. Maybe this is where routine, I'm very routine driven, so routine comes into it. It's always pasta, tomato sauce, and maybe some chicken or fish. Always the same. At least four hours before the game kicks off. What about you, Benji? I feel like I could probably write a book on all the things not to eat before a game. (laughs) KFC, Macca's, milkshake, brings all the boys to the yard. I don't really have a particular food that I need to eat or not eat. I try not to eat anything that I think will come up in, from me during the game. <laughs> Nothing very heavy. I always don't try and eat too much food before a game. Keep it nice and light. Lots of water before a game, though. That's the main thing. Certainly trying to stay hydrated. Speaking of change room rituals, I remember you always used to have a fixed routine and that's probably been from day one. I always used to get to the pitch, go and introduce myself to the coaches, have a chat with whoever I could, then get to the change room. And I always used to put all my gear on the table in a particular way. I always used to put my book, my cards, my backup cards, my whistles on the cards, my coin next to them, my game watch my heart rate monitor, all in the same order every time. It was almost an obsessive behavior for me. Having that routine and that order meant that I was getting ready for the game and I was ready for the game. And also, I would bring up all the food. I used to bring chocolate as we... Ah, oh, the food you brought to games, Ale, was legendary. We had, yes. we had yeah. some things going on that were just out of this world. I remember with one of the the girl's assistants from the MPL, once we had an exchange, I brought her lasagna ready to be cooked and she brought me cupcakes. I was the fourth fish on that game and I was very happy. There you go. We had cupcakes in the <laughs> change room. That was just unreal. And to me, that was a way to build the team and get the mood up and have that light hardness about the game and about the situation that would allow us to go and actually enjoy ourselves on the game. On, on you always the used to bring your tea, your cups of tea. I used to have cups of tea. Tea. I used to have two thermoses, yes, that I would bring to have during and after. On a freezing day, tea at half time, it's the best thing you could do. The Italian Thank drinking English breakfast tea at halftime. Who would have Absolutely. Thought? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, in one of the change rooms here at Oakley, you can still find the little surprises from some kinder surprises I took to a game about five or six years ago. They're still on the window. Every time you get in there, there's some minions just hanging there. No one has ever taken them away, which kind of makes me think no one cleans the ref's room. (laughs) (laughs) But they're still there. And every time I've gone there, I says, I look at them. And I think about that game, and that just warms my heart every time. <laughs> That's gold. That's fantastic. What a beautiful story. What That's what you call a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but Ali, going back to your point about routine on game day and having all your equipment and your kits and everything in, in such a... Because when you referee, there's about 100 different pieces of equipment you need every week. 
Oh, it's ridiculous. The amount of shit. It seems to be more every year. Like now we have to take spray and just goes on and on. But I like you, Ali. I have like to have that organization in the changing rooms. Like, you know, I hang up my shirts, hang up my warm up shirt, hang up my warm up jacket. Then on the bench will go my shorts, my undershorts, my socks, my undersocks, all of that stuff. And then if there's a table, you know, you put out your cards, your book, and you just get that already an hour and a half before. And then you don't need to worry about it. So if things go wrong before the game or there's any stress, it's just one less thing to worry about and I think that's something that's really important to take away from this is that the more things you don't have to worry about and you can just get done the easier your game becomes because you can focus on the big things instead of worrying about shit where's my whistle or where's my cards and that all comes back to performance mindset if you think about anything that could get out of your control as a matter of fact I got a funny story about that there was a referee that I was observing and during the game at about in the 20th minute something happened and he had to caution a player and he realized that he forgot his cards in the change room. The whole situation looked a bit messy because he had to approach his false official, get his cards, and in the heat of the moment, he forgot to caution this player. Nothing bad came out of it, but that proves how having a consolidated routine could avoid lots of stress and lots of trouble during the game. Having a routine where you put all your things out on the table so that you don't forget them when you get out on the pitch may just help you during the game because you're not going to forget your cards. I'm fairly sure this happened also in the Bundesliga a while ago because this same referee I observed a while ago sent me the link after the report to have a laugh about it. So it can happen to anyone, but that's when getting in the right mindset and having a routine that gets you to have everything you can control under your control, it just adds so much value to your performance because you don't have to think on your feet and you don't forget things. You can just focus on what is the next decision? What is the right decision? How do I manage this player? How do I manage this coach in this situation? There is no, oh damn, I forgot my pen. I can't write down the number of this player. I forgot my cards. I have to send someone off. Everyone is going mental and punching each other and I don't have a red card to show. One of the workarounds that I've sort of found to try and minimize that is when I warm up, I try and go out with as much of the match kit as possible. So something I do is I put my cards in my pockets, run around with a whistle and coin in my pockets, all the watches, heart rate on everything do you really? before the game. So that way I know that if something's not quite right, that if the card's loose, it will fall out during the warm up and not during the match. If my shoelaces are not tied properly, they'll, be fixed then if anything's not quite right with my kit so the only things that i then put on before the game would be the shirt and the pens and the matchbook so absolutely minimizing the number of wow. things that could go wrong that's really interesting i've never heard of somebody to do that benji, that's, I, the logic makes sense the logic makes sense but that's interesting benji are you one of those referees that arrives at the pitch with their kit on is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> I will be when we return to games after coronavirus. I'm not getting changed in the change room. Well, that's actually something I've read about is that we might all have to go to the games in our kids, do the game, and then go home. Yeah. Same as the players. I don't want I mean, using my flags. I'll use my flags. No touching. <laughs> do we have hand sanitizer for the flags? Get, I'd rather get changed at the fire. What is your pre-game go-to meal? Let us know in the Rep Coach Facebook group. For players, no two games are the same, and it's no different for referees. You might want to try and control as much of your pre-game routine as possible, exactly what time you get to the ground, exactly what time you talk to your assistants when you do your warm-up, but often the game is 
not always like that. It's not always the exact same every week. You can't really control what time the managers will come and give you the team sheet. You can't control what laws or incidents you have to deal with before the game with regards to the pitch, things you have to fix with regards to players' equipment or just any general issues. How important would you say it is to be flexible and how do you try and account for that flexibility in your pre-game routine? I think it's important. You have to be flexible. I think it's difficult to be flexible because I enjoy structure before the game. Like I like to know what time we're going out to warm up, what time we're doing our pre-match, what time we're getting changed. Like I operate at that level on a game day. It's just how I work. It does challenge me if, if things go wrong, but you just have to be adaptable and think about the bigger picture, I think is really important. You know, we're lucky in most of the games I do, we have a match commissioner who takes care of most of those things. So it removes all those details. But I remember, you know, not that long ago when you're refereeing more local level and you might get a team sheet five minutes before the game and you just want to focus on getting your stuff together and going out and you're still having to chase around a team manager or a parent for a, a team sheet. And it was just a nightmare. It was a complete pain in the ass. And if you're an assistant referee, that routine is very different because your routine is completely dictated by the referee's routine. You don't really have that. You can't control a lot of those elements each week because you're dictated by what the referee wants. Yeah, how do you find that now, Benji? Like, obviously, you're still in AR. How do you find that affects your pre-game preparation if you're with a ref who maybe doesn't take it seriously before the game or doesn't care about warming up? You'd face, I mean, maybe referees, assistants who are with me and they want to be way more fluid before the game, whereas I'm quite structured. So maybe that wouldn't work for them. The way that I've tried to overcome that because this used to frustrate me a lot both when I was refereeing with the uncontrollables before the game with regards to things with your assistants and how they're behaving before the game with the teams and issues before the game and then obviously as an assistant where you have no control so my way to respond has been that now when I referee I'm incredibly flexible with my pre-game routine and I try not to be doing the exact same thing every week and really let myself be guided by what my assistants are doing in those games and just not defining my performance on the game by the way I'm preparing pre-game. And for me, the main thing is that as long as maybe five, 10 minutes before the game, I know I've got all my kit. I know that I'm comfortable where I am and being set for the game. That's the main thing I need. So that as long as when the match switches on, I back my ability to go from there and I don't define my success for the game. I know that the important thing for the day is ultimately those 90 minutes. And before the game, as long as I am all ready to go, that's the minimum that I need to prepare from that. Interesting. That is really interesting. It's a great point, thinking about how to adapt to others' others' routines, because it's not always the most straightforward solution. The last thing I wanted to ask you guys about your pre-match routine in the change room is, do you have any pre-match song? Oh. So I've got a whole playlist, mate. <laughs> tell us, tell us, please. Oh, I think maybe my assistants, maybe Benji, you can attest to this. I mean, we don't referee together that much, but it's kind of just built over the years and I just keep adding songs but not removing songs. So there's some songs which, you know, get played all the time and uh, we've been hearing that a lot. But um, now there's a, there's a couple of personal favorites actually a couple that have been added during covid and haven't made debut on game day yet one of the big bangers is the uh, everyone has listened to that remix of uh, gimme gimme by ava i think that's a banger before the game and then i added everyone's seen that tiktok song you know the blinding lights and that is i reckon that's a pre-game banger so so that's the weekend perfect the... yeah exactly that's a bit of a banger but i do think it's i wonder 
what the hell the players think when you know they walk past and my doors open and there's just these sometimes ridiculous bangers play and sometimes genuinely good tracks but i wonder they think you, who is this dickhead today <laughs> that's exactly what they think <laughs> and I, in a past life you were in a a rock band, a death metal band. Did you ever play death metal for your assistants? I have too much respect for my assistants to put them through such pain. But <laughs> I do understand that my taste in music may not be shared by many. However, I do have a couple of uh, songs for metal bands that used to be on my pre-match pump-up playlist, especially the Ecstasy of Gold played by Metallica. And there was the cover of the Ennio Morricone song. And that is an absolute banger. Do assessors have three match songs? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I have in-match songs because the matches are that boring. <laughs> I used to have pre-match books that helped me meditate a bit, especially if I used to get to the pitch really early. Sometimes I was overdoing it a little bit. I would get to the pitch two hours before the game. And You're I'm right, ref. What's happening? You having a good read today there, mate? Literally, yeah. <laughs> And now I have my Kindle. I take my Kindle to games. So I get there, I say hello to the team, and then I piss off and just wait for the game to begin. So I just read books. It's a good way to get rid of any other thought, forget about the day of work, and get into the right mentality for the game. <laughs> a bit nerdy, but I'm a bit of a nerd. That's okay. Do it works for you. Absolutely. It's not going to work for everyone. Everyone's going to be a bit different. My go-to pre-game is... Um... Is uh, Joshua Batten? <laughs> not quite, not quite. Um, I do too. I, I like to let my assistants contribute a lot to the music. It's a good way to build a relationship with them before the game. But of course, I veto any music that I don't like. So it's a good happy medium. And then just the other one would be probably Nero's Me and You. So I think that was the A-League walkout song when I first got into the A-League. And that was like goals at the time. So that's always stuck with me as a good motivator. Do you try and tone your volume down if you're ever in the room next to the players? Are you ever conscious about how loud you play your music? Yeah, I turn it up. On purpose. That's the best thing to do. Unfortunately, though, my speaker is, you know, just a little one you can put in the bag. So it never really is able to compete with theirs. But I'll always give it a crack. Have you ever seen referees like who just love a good pre-match tune, like bring a speaker system into the room before the game? Oh, yeah. Like we said, people are referring with guys who bring the proper Bose, you know, Bose mini speaker things, the UE booms, you know, they get some serious noise about them. It's all part of getting ready for it. I don't see why not. Yeah. It's, you know, most of us, well, nearly all of us start refereeing by being a player, right, in the first place. And it's part of your routine as a player. And I think it just comes into your game. It's not even about refereeing or playing it's just about getting ready to perform it doesn't matter what it is it could be you could be going out to play table tennis could be going out to play cricket it, it doesn't matter it's just about getting to that place in your head where you're ready to go you're ready to go out and do your best work and how everybody gets to that stage is, is different Ale, before a game in the room with your team are you generally very serious are you very focused are you trying to get everyone mentally very uh prepared for the game or are you someone who likes to have a joke around and do referees have fun in the rooms before the games do they have is this a, as a referee or an assessor a bit of everything it can be both. I'm, an, I'm an absolute clown at, in both situations i do strongly believe and again going back to the performance mindset thinking i do strongly believe that if you're not having fun while you're doing it you're not doing a good job and to me having fun before the game was key 
I know for a fact that some of the greatest athletes in history, they would just laugh and laugh and laugh before the game. To me, it's always a laugh. It's always fun until that moment where you walk onto the pitch, you do shake hands with players. And then I have a switch moment where I would go do the coin toss and then everyone was ready. I would get my book, my Italian book with the Italian flag on it. I would kiss my flag, thank everyone that contributed to my path to be there, express my gratefulness, kiss my book. And that for me was the moment where the laughter turned into, okay, it's game on. That was my trigger moment where I would say, okay, where the laughter, I'm happy, I'm grateful to be here, it's time to perform. But before the game, in the change room, in the tunnel, during handshakes, during the coin toss, I would not be serious at all. It's something I just cannot do, and that's part of me. Even now as an observer, I rock up in change rooms, and if I can make a joke, I'll probably make two. And most of the times they're not funny. I'm turning into a dead slowly. So <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I'm self-aware. I know that's happening and I accept it. To me, having fun was part of my game. And one of the things that I still say to this day to, to the team that I'm part of, I used to do it as a referee. I still do it as a coach. I tell everyone, have fun. That was the last thing I would tell my assistants. It's the last thing I tell referees and assistants and fourth officials now. I say, go out and have fun. Because at the end of the day, refereeing for me, it's always been fun. It's always been something I love and something that I talk about with my friends. I sometimes talk about way too much. If you take away the, the fun factor, there's no point of doing it. So to me, part of pre-match was having fun with my team. Absolutely. And there's not, no better feeling than when you're with a team and the chemistry is going well and you're having a, a great time before the game and it really helps set you up for a, a good game afterwards. Absolutely. It's been great fun tonight, boys, chatting to you about all of our routines, all of our stories. But I think it's time to call it a night. Yeah, no, it's been very interesting. I've actually learned some things off you that maybe I'll consider when football's back post-COVID. It's been great. Fantastic. And hopefully anyone who listened to this podcast will be able to do the same. Thank you for everyone who listened. We got some really good content and really good stuff coming up in the next week, guys. We are getting in touch with some really good guests to bring on the podcast. We won't name names just yet, but stay tuned for more news. We will be announcing all of this on our group. We hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as we did. We'll see you next time. Cool. Can you just check that book? I don't know, I don't know. I love the book. I feel like an idiot when I say I know nothing like particular that happens to me. I feel like Jack's weekly here. I feel like. You're just different people, man. Like, everyone behaves differently. Like, my pre match structure is proper, whereas nothing goes, oh, you go forward.